0: Alright friends, Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have with me Andrew Toy, drummer extraordinaire. Andrew plays in a plethora of projects. You may have heard him with The Pigeon Kings, Elisa Said, but now he's got his very own solo record, Guardrails. It's an instrumental record based around things that you typically don't put into a drum set, put into a drum set. And we get more into it in the conversation. I recommend you guys check it out. It's a really cool listen. Especially if you're into drums. And if you're a drummer, you're going to dig this conversation probably a little bit more than others. Andrew's the real deal. He's a hustling musician. You know if you do music full time, it has many facets. It's not all just doing one thing. It's finding out how you can do music in all these other ways so you can make a living off it. Which makes crazy schedules, crazy learning regiments, crazy amount of stuff you need to know and be ready for. Especially if you're the drummer. And like another drummer I know... Jay Sparrow from Studio 44, who is mixing this podcast and making it sound good. If you have any audio needs, go to Studio 44, C-L-E, for your audio needs. That can be recording, that can be someone to help you write and record drums, or someone to play drums, um, streaming, video work. Studio 44 is where you're going to find it. Does this mic sound better? That's because it's from Studio 44. They're lending me this cool mic. And if you can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast and any of the podcast platforms, it helps me reach more people and have cool conversations and share them with you so if you can do that that'd be great we're now on instagram the twitter um so if you can follow us on that that'd be rad if not that's cool too all right we're gonna get into andrew toy dig the conversation friends hello hey andrew yes hi it's dave you ready to do the podcast my friend
1: yeah they get the gig how are you doing not bad how are you very good how's uh
0: cleveland right uh, snowy, cold, not much going on. Oh, was oh, it snowy? <laughs> yeah, it's like light. Just I don't know. We just got hit with like a light slushy snow. You know what I mean? Like, got it, got it. Still rainy, but, uh, inconvenient.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, at least things are um normal, quiet. I, yeah. I, I guess normal. Yeah, not not like Washington D.C. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no. uh, thankfully t- t- today I'm not, I'm not in, um, you see, I'm actually, um, up in my parents for a little bit in Delaware where it's okay. much quieter and much less, um, unrest up here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you
0: know? So you kind of bounce a, if you don't mind, we're going to jump right into it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cause sometimes I forget to tell people, um, we're going, um, so you, you live in a, you're, are you in Maryland or are you in DC? I know you play out of DC a lot. But,
1: sure, sure. So uh, I'm I'm based in College Park, Maryland, which is okay. just outside of D.C. Um, but but I I usually just say you know Washington D.C. based or D.M.V. based because uh, that's um sounds more important than College Park, Maryland. But but yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm out in in the uh, in the suburbs just a little bit.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Um, my family, uh, when we came to America, we my great my grandmother and everyone we came from Deer Park, Maryland before it was like a fancy uh fancy resort place that it is now now where's deer park maryland Uh to be honest i've only we only do the reunions there so <laughs> i think it's near the i need to look at a map i'm just going to give some horrible uh horrible geography here i don't i know it's by a lake <laughs> <laughs> whatever it, it, it doesn't matter <laughs> not not by dc like on the other end i guess i could be wrong got hey, it got hey. it
1: yeah it's, yeah it's pretty out western maryland. maryland yeah absolutely
0: but, um, so we would frequently make a, a trip out that way. We haven't done it in years, but, um, so now did you start, did you go to school in DC and kind of branch off into the music scene there or what brought you to DC? Not D. at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, not at all. Like actually, um, so I'm from Delaware. Um, okay. I went to, um, when I got out of school here uh, in Delaware, uh, I started working as a, um, cruise ship musician. So I did that for a couple years. Whoa. How was traveled, that? travel? Uh, it was cool, you know. It's yeah. um, yeah. I mean, just just a, a great experience. Um, just you know, playing on stage every night. So for like for a first sort of professional gig for um a young musician. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a real good experience. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years, just kind of bouncing around the you know, the world basically. And then then I lived for a little while in, in Philadelphia. Um, and then I met my uh, now now wife. You know, then just person. Uh, so uh, and, and we we moved from Philadelphia to um, College Park. Um, Partly just, we we liked it a little better. We we both had some experience in D.C. We liked it better than um, Philadelphia. And she was living in New York City a little bit. And, you know, D.C. is just, you know, it's a little bit smaller, um, a little bit kind of easier to handle in in some ways. And Compared um, to New York and We both like that a little bit more. That that appealed to us. So we kind of, like, took a chance and, uh, you know, uh, moved to Maryland.
0: Man, that's, like being a musician you you get your like central hub right especially for your like weekly gigs in you know where you're from and like when you just dip out and go somewhere new all those connections are gone i can see like
1: absolutely
0: trying to fathom the the music end of it how terrifying
1: it's it's scary um you know because i mean luckily you know i've only kind of relocated a a couple times in my life But um, it was like You know When, when I started working on um, Cruise ships You know What few connections I had It's like Well now I'm I'm permanently Like kind of away You know It's like per- yeah. It's like being on tour permanently Yeah um, So you know Those connections kind of go away And then I moved from uh, Philly To DC And then it's kind of like Starting from scratch again um, But you know so, Sometimes that's That's a good thing You know it just kind of like Start fresh And you know If things are feeling A little bit stale Whether it's You know Musically or just socially or whatever just just knowing when to kind of like jump and kind of start fresh um i mean that, that that's always been kind of like a a theme for me I, I always think that that's good it's just to like kind of challenge yourself start fresh get out of your comfort zone all, all that kind of thing
0: no it's that de- as far as like growing you don't if you keep stagnant and you stay in one place and keep doing the same thing that you know you're good at you know what i mean or do playing the same place you know works and doing the bits in each if you don't move out of it you, you grow stagnant. You don't evolve as a as an artist in whatever your your format is, and in your case, drums. So it's important to do that. It's terrifying when it involves ripping out the foundations of like, oh, God, right. do I eat this week? <laughs> like,
1: But right, still, right. Like,
0: it's, it has to be equally as rewarding, um, even if it doesn't pay <laughs> off right away.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's some, some of the best advice I've ever gotten is just knowing when to jump you know yeah. when you know th- things stop you know you stop growing basically you stop being challenged you stop getting fired up it's like okay like you know something might be comfortable but it's time to jump it's time to like do something a little bit different uh, and th- that's been a theme you know i mean not to say like be like totally floody or whatever but yeah. you know just you know always just trying to branch out and you know take those like chances and take those kind of strange gigs and things like that because Really, I mean, only good things can come of that, Definitely. I think.
0: Definitely. No, I totally agree with that. Um, that's kind of a question I wanted to ask in a way. So, like, one thing I want to speak on that, like, knowing when to stop is such a big thing because most people, you know, I, I don't think have a problem doing the thing. It's like knowing when mm-hmm. a thing's enough. Like, you know what? I should really move on to another job. I don't like this job, but what am I right. going to eat this week? You know, like, a lot of – f- I feel people get really caught in the rut of a uh, – the doing of a thing like it take once you make that step to do something and you get in the routine of it breaking the pattern is like it, it just throws everything off for a lot of people like me i should be talking about myself um it throws me off um but like so it's important to do that and it's hard to do you can't just it's not absolutely easy thing. you know so, and, and i mean
1: luckily i mean like in my case and probably a lot of musicians case like you know it, it's still music like i i'm not yeah, like yeah, yeah. Go, going from a gig to uh, i i don't i don't know to pick some random job I, i'm not like suddenly Accounting. like you know <laughs> r- r- an electrician or something like yeah. that um you know it, it's all music and it's it's all related and that's that's one of the beautiful things um, about music and of course there's, there's many but it's you know just how everything kind of influences everything and just like even like those you know influences or those gigs that you think like, oh, like, this is just a total, like, departure, this is totally different than anything I've done, you know, you're kind of throwing it into the pot, like, yeah. you know, and then you're kind of mixing it up, and that's how, you know, people's kind of style develops, I think, it's just like, Definitely. taking all those influences, whether it's things you listen to, or things you play, things you dig, even non-musical things, I guess, um, just stirring it up and seeing what you get, so, you know, even if something seems like like a total departure, it's like, it's all good, and it's all related um yeah. so yeah i think that that's that's a powerful thing
0: that's awesome i agree i agree um it was it's interesting like how you mentioned with influence being coming like i feel people are people are complex we like a, we're moved by a bunch of different things like people can cry f- from a disney movie <laughs> and they can cry from a, a love supreme you know you can be moved by all these different things and like you know, and, like i feel like when you when we hear typically like interviews with musicians or artists we like they usually hit upon related fields you know what i mean that really move them mm-hmm. but it sure. has to be more right not not every like musician is just moved by coltrane you know what i mean there's right. um so i think it's important to take that take all these influences and mix them up but like um i'm sorry i was it's not like i was gonna cut you off <clears throat>
1: Not all, but yeah. yeah, I mean that that's I mean, you're exactly right. It's influences, and I think about this a lot. it's it's just such a complex thing. It's like what makes you know something resonate with one person and not another, you know, and you yeah, know, as a musician, it's like you know I, I get really inspired by things that maybe aren't inspiring to others, and then, like I'll listen to something that's supposed to be some amazing thing that everybody loves, and it does nothing for me, but yeah. you know who, who knows what caused that? Maybe it's biology, maybe it's uh, you know just your your own experience, but um, whatever it is, it's just like kind of being, I guess, in tune with yourself to see like when something has an effect on you to kind of like take a note of that, be like, yeah. okay, like here is something for whatever reason, makes something kind of stir inside. So that, that's the sort of thing that, you know, that's going to be become part of your musical DNA.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah, that, that's, and then who knows what, what, what causes it? Cause you know, it, everybody's got their own taste and, you know. There's there's no predicting other people's tastes, so that's why you know can't worry too much about the audience. You know, hopefully yeah. your audience likes what you do, but you know you can drive yourself crazy if you try to just anticipate what people are going to dig. So that's where you know just kind of getting a little bit selfish in a way. Just you yeah. know, listen to like what what do you enjoy? What makes what resonates within you, and then trying to just build on that and hopefully it connects to other people. Um, and that's basically you know kind of. Uh, my thought behind like when when i do like my solo music is it's totally selfish um it's the kind of stuff i would make that if nobody listened to whatever i would still make it yeah hopefully other people like it but as long as i like it and you know i know i'm doing something right at least for me you know yeah well
0: with when we think about musicians that or artists or whomever that inspire Usually, it's one person who stuck to their guns in some way, right? Like, oh Iggy Pop's cool because everyone told him he sucked and he kept going. You know what I mean? Like, there's like this underdog thing where everyone can get behind it and like, yeah. And that it's it's weird because like in the moment, if you're working with that person, it's perceived as selfish maybe, but from the outside looking in, you're looking at this guy who who did it and like. So it's (laughs) it's a weird duality of. Um, kind of being fully immersed in what you are and what you're about, and not caring, but also caring. <laughs> like I don't know,
1: but right, I think- right. I mean, it sounds like so such a conceited thing to say. Like, oh, just ignore the audience. You know, just just do what you're going to do, and don't listen to any criticism, any reviews. Yeah. Just listen to yourself because you're the man. You know, you're the one that's doing it. You know, um, I mean, it sounds like a jerk move, but it's like, yeah, like probably if you take any of the greats that's probably you know part of their mo like i don't yeah. imagine iggy pop like caring what anybody says you know it's just like <laughs> he's got his thing he's awesome you know he's gonna do it you know and that's what makes him well he's badass because he's a great singer and musician but also just like that yeah, attitude. I mean, you can you can kind of feel it in the music. Yeah,
0: there's got to be the attitude too. That's what, That's the uh, yeah. uh, no, Sorry, there's got to be the talent too <laughs> to go along with the attitude. And then, Absolutely. And then, yeah, and I it's agree. just yeah. attitude. <laughs> no one's going to care too much,
1: or maybe they will. And if it's I don't just know. talent, nobody's going to care either. So it's exactly. got to go hand in hand. It's got to be talent and attitude. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I and then you know, I'd rather hear somebody that's interesting rather than somebody that's just talented. You know,
0: definitely. Um, Kind of touch of, I want to get more into your album that you just put out like a day ago, but Mm -hmm. you mentioned your solo career or your solo stuff. Um, Guardrails just came out yesterday, right? Correct. Right, right. Yes. Um, And I can, I really dig the project. Like I've been listening to the, Howard gave me the Spotify link, or no, not Spotify, um, SoundCloud link. I've been going Mm -hmm. in and out of it. Um, Like, but it was super well done. And this is something you've been working on for a few years right
1: well i started um in 2016 uh, i started um making music just from the drums not really thinking too much of it you know just almost as like a, a challenge you know or you know it's maybe i had some downtime between gigs and things like that it's like you know maybe can i use like just the drums percussion and some electronics to make something that actually it's works mu- yeah. musically and it's, yeah. it's like kind of engaging from behind the drum so i started kind of messing around with that a little bit. Um, I played a handful of solo shows kind of in, in the area where, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything and looping and all that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that, that's something that had always been kind of just maybe a little bit on the back burner, you know, yeah. as I had like other gigs, but of course, you know, I don't need to say much about uh, the year 2020. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but like, it's like suddenly it's like, okay, like I've got all these ideas that I've been slowly working on and now I have no gigs. So like, like this is the time you know uh, so so like a lot of these ideas you know they really start to get fleshed out like you know i started like basically in march um you know tracking and mixing and producing all these kind of ideas um so yeah so this year or you know this past year really kind of gave me that opportunity so if there's ever like a silver lining i guess in my case it would be just having a little bit more chance to like you know listen just to myself and kind yeah. of like ignore yeah everything else that, that's going on so you know that's you know music as as therapy but also like you know just being able to like really dig into it um so yeah basically this was my quarantine project was kind of taking my live set you know the, the songs i was playing live really giving them the studio treatment and you know c- kind of cooking up some other things like within the studio uh, and then that brings us basically to today and you know, yeah. so yesterday with the album coming out.
0: That's awesome. It's, it's quarantine's been weird because it's horrible. You know what I mean? It's horrible. There's a lot of horrible things that have happened and a lot of people, and never to uh, diminish those who've suffered. But of course. if everything's been good, like it's kind of rad to have this time to do things you wouldn't be able to do normally. And it's even yeah, rad I- when you have the thing you want to work on like when you have the album you want to finish or when you have the book you want to write or read if you didn't have anything to do this would equally be as awful but in that sense it's your limit you're like forced to be boxed in and finish your thing
1: (laughs) and i talk about that a lot with um my wife is it's like you know we feel almost um well definitely guilty like saying that like yeah like the past year has been kind of nice in some ways because um i mean obviously it sucks people died all that but yeah no you know, not to um, diminish you know it's been not to miss at but... all but on a personal level like <laughs> yeah like maybe it depends on the kind of person you are um, yeah i definitely like working alone i like getting introverted and just focusing on you know digging into music and art and stuff so for me it was great um you know, also gave us more time with um, you know as a family with our with our kids yeah. so you know it ended up being like kind of a nice break you know instead of just like you know, gigs, 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 and, yeah. you know, what, who, who needs drums and, you know, whatever. Everybody. Uh, that's corner. That's the,
0: <laughs> that's the answer. Everybody needs, yeah, you, yeah. needs drums and you're a good one. Right. So you're going to get the <laughs> gig. And, man, your you're, you're common sheet, like, the sheet of people you play with regularly is, is overwhelming. But the people you do on and off stuff with is, like, I couldn't even follow the whole thing
1: so i mean it's a grab bag and you know it's across the musical spectrum and and that's great like like i dig that just being that kind of like working drummer and you know um never knowing like what kind of like offers are going to come your way you know and and mostly just like you know you know getting getting kind of selective but basically like if something sounds cool or sounds like something i I can that'll make me grow in a certain way or maybe like learn a different uh, percussion instrument it's like yeah like there's you know that's the kind of stuff that to really uh hone in on so um so yeah thanks for (laughs) for saying that uh but yeah yeah just trying to like just stay open like keep like open ears and basically play anything and everything
0: see that's well that's a it's a specific mentality right um and like so i play guitar i'm a Singer songwriter from the Cleveland area, and like
1: yeah, I I I, I watched you online. uh,
0: Okay, okay. Well, thanks, man. I Appreciate it. Cool, man. (laughs) Cool, man. But when I first started learning, my first guitar teacher, his name was George Hartwig. He like kind of infused this Bruce Lee philosophy of to be like water, right? To like to adapt to whatever container you're put in, and fully express yourself in that way. And through him and through diving into, like, Bruce Lee stuff and deeper into more philosophy stuff, I kind of really immersed that, like, that um, fit any situation. And that's, like, when that mentality kind of started that planet's place in my brain. For you, when did that happen? Because you're clearly living that, and you clearly thrive on being in a situation where you have to learn something new. When did, like, uh, was there a particular case where you're, like, in a situation where you're like, I want to do that, but I need, a, or did somebody inspire you to be as, adapted, as adaptive as you are music?
1: Yeah. Really? So, 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 so that's a good point. And, you know, and that's, that's awesome that like you're, you you kind of like get into that like more philosophical Bruce Lee sort of um mentality. Like, like that's awesome. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. for any working musician at first, like it's almost like a survival skill, you know, cause it's yeah. like, um, I mean, if you want to, you know stay busy and work and all that kind of stuff. like you know basically very blue collar not very creative kind of thing it's like you've got to be just like adaptable and be able to play a little bit of everything um so that's one thing that like when i played my first like i guess professional gig was playing on the cruise ships yeah um and that was you know it's not the most like hip or exciting music most of the time but it is like a, a big variety where like usually like every night i play something different um because there'd be fly on acts and then there'd be dance music and then basically just like enough to really just keep you like on your toes um so being able to like adapt to that but you know kind of going, going back to what we said with like influences you know as you're adapting you know you're kind of throwing these things like into the musical pot like you're kind of like building your own style um so hopefully it gets to a point where no matter what you're playing even if it's something like way outside of your you know your usual sort of style it still sounds like you. And I yeah. think that's where like, you know, that that's like maybe like one of the big goals of any musician is to like always sound like you, even if you're playing something entirely different. Um, and you can probably think of your favorite guitarists, like where like if they're playing something, you know, outside of their usual bands or whatever, um, you can still tell it's them. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's having your own sound, but being able to kind of, you know, filter that through whatever, whatever, style or situation you find yourself in uh so yeah so I guess like the answer to your question like um necessity at the beginning but mm-hmm. then just like sort of this like I don't know restlessness <laughs> like yeah. in, in the end you know
0: no that's all it makes sense especially with the tour ship deal because like you're on that boat <laughs> for like months right and uh-huh. like you get you you don't know who's going to come on that and it's your job to make those people have a good time every day you know i mean like so it's i can imagine where it's and being the drummer everyone
1: you're you're kind of leading you're driving that ship (laughs) um like i mean us as a rhythm section um you know guitars drummers bassists you know we're setting that foundation and you know helping everybody else sound good you know like yeah you know without the rhythm section we know it doesn't really happen um so yeah like like it all starts from just being like a good supportive team player
0: yeah and that's a big, I don't, it's a big deal to sit back and kind of like be a be every position, right? You know, I mean, like in this position, you're support. Um, a lot of people like to be the as far as like creative lead. They like to be in the lead spot, but so to mm-hmm. learn how like all these work, it's a to learn how the ensemble works. It's a good a good spot to be because <laughs> you get to learn all these different things um, and yes. how to, how to navigate that. Um, and it's interesting with like, especially with drums or with all these different styles of music from around the world and like you are uh, you, you thrive in that you do a bunch of different styles from all these different cultures and like what what's interesting is like the notes are relatively the same you know what I mean mm-hmm. unless you get into right. microtonal stuff like pitch sure. is rel- you only have like the 12 notes what really mm-hmm. makes those notes different and makes the style of whatever culture not the like Label things or whatever, but there's always little tidbits mm-hmm. when you know something is remin- uh, reminiscing of a certain culture or not. Is more more or less the rhythm than mm-hmm. than the melodic or the the pitch choice. Right, um, right,
1: and, and just not even just like the yeah. specific like rhythms like you would see on a piece of music, but just even like the phrasing and like yeah. just little adjustments in feel or little like dynamic things. Like I mean, there's so many little nuances you know that will you know kind of go along with each style um but you know one thing that's because that can be kind of like intimidating because of course you know if you're playing say like world music and you yeah. know, something from somewhere that already has like this huge history it's like you know it's intimidating like I, i'm not going to pretend that i can play you know <laughs> brazilian music like somebody that's like grown up with it and it's in their blood or whatever yeah but you know so there's you know maybe at first like a little bit of this sort of like Imposter syndrome, maybe like if you try to play like music outside of like what you grew up with, which, you know, for me, like probably a lot of, you know, suburban kids is going to be a lot of rock and roll. It's a lot of metal. It's a lot of yeah. and, and indie rock, things like that. But, you know, once you kind of like get over that, it's like, OK, like, you know, I'm going to play this kind of how I play. It. I'm going to like bring my own style to the table and basically whatever music this is, it's going to be filtered through uh, my take or like how I yeah. hear things. So, you know, it might might work, it might not, but you know, at least it's like honest. Um, you know, I'm not gonna pretend to be like some sort of like expert in every style of every music ever. But, you know, if if I take, you know, kind of what I do and you know, how I play the drums and how I hear things and apply that to whatever, you know, X style, um, it's gonna sound, if nothing else, it'll it'll sound unique. It'll sound like, you know, somebody with my influence is playing this style of music yeah. so you know so that can be a good thing you know it's not something to be like you know shy about i think like your own influences in your own style
0: I, I agree with um, It's weird when you try to attempt other cultural stuff. Like some purists will be like, wow, well, you know, he still sounds like he's in form. Yeah, every you style's know. got
1: that. Yeah, yeah.
0: everyone's <laughs> got that. And like, but it's fun to immerse this new thing and, like you're saying, throw yourself into it. And even if you are an expert in that field, you whatever culture or style of rhythm you're trying to learn, you're still going to sound like you because you're you. And what's it's kind right. of interesting, it's like a musical version of. Jumping to DC, you know what I mean. It's like immersing yourself in this thing you're no longer familiar with, and like just being here. I am. What can I do?
1: um Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and that's where like you know when things are kind of unknown and kind of a little bit like your own, this sort of like tenuous sort of footing. Like that's where the exciting things happen. And that you know there, there's some great uh, David Bowie quote about that, and you know I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, you know, swim out to where like your feet aren't quite touching the bottom, you know, and that's where the exciting stuff starts to happen.
0: Yeah. You
1: know? That's a good one. Uh, and I, g- I agree with that.
0: Um, So when did like, so you're on this, like uh, this cruise ship playing like these standards. When did like this, mm-hmm. like these cultural influences really start to like musically take plant in your work? Cause like you're playing with um um pigeon Kings and like doing a lot of like this cool Celtic, celtic stuff mm-hmm. when sure. did that really start to when did you really start to immerse in that was it like opportunity or was it like learning a sure. particular song and diving more into that culture and then finding those opportunities
1: yeah it's um maybe a little bit of both um i mean especially you know when i was on the, the ships just the people that were on there like the the other musicians you know they'd be coming from all different parts of the world and of course, you know, everybody's stuck in there, you know, literally on the same boat together. Uh, so everybody brings their, you know, MP3 collection with them. So that's really, I think, you know, I heard more new music for me, like at that time than yeah. uh, at, at any other point. Because uh, previous to that, I was, I was in school, you know, I DJed on college radio. So there's a lot of, you know, indie rock and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, so, some more kind of experimental stuff. But while I was like on, um, when I was traveling, you know, meeting these other, players that's the first time i heard for instance like john zorn or first time i heard like gypsy music or or even like um nice. you know, i hadn't really heard a lot of like celtic music before yeah. that but you know all these things and just like you know being open to that and just listening to it and just like you know meeting people other than you know from places other than my own like area in like delaware or like philadelphia um so that was really cool just opening up you know kind of my ears a little bit and then you know when I moved, um, you know, I got done with that. I moved to Philadelphia, you know, and just being kind of like open to, to anything and, you know, kind of a little bit sort of random, um, gigs would, would come my way. Um, like playing Celtic music or, um, later on, like, like Scottish music or, or even like for that matter, like some like different kinds of like jazz or funk or fusion music. Yeah. Um, that's where like a lot of growing really happened. Cause it's like, now, like, you know, that that's always a good excuse to just immerse yourself in that music. So, you know, just kind of taking everything that sounds, like I said before, interesting or like, um, like an opportunity to grow, just taking it, taking all of it in.
0: That's awesome. I mean, like with the Pigeon king, um, <clears throat> with the Pigeon Kings, like it's like full, like you're playing like the big drum. You guys are doing the whole bit. You know, what I mean, it's not just like it's not just like a band <laughs> playing playing celtic music it's like the whole experience um which is i was checking out some of the videos of it and it looks like a fun time um yeah yeah
1: i mean i love all that kind of stuff especially like you know as much as i love like you know weird experimental stuff um dance music is always something that i I just i always go back to i always love because i mean there is like this certain like feeling like playing live and just like seeing how an audience connects to um just the music or like you just to like a drum beat you know yeah just playing like quarter notes on a bass drum you know just it seems like so like <laughs> so musically uninteresting or whatever yeah. but you know once you see start, people start to you know it affects their mood and you know it like in a, in a positive way and people are jumping up and down like that's something that like you know I, i'm not too cool for that is what i'm saying like uh, I, I love playing like dance kind of things you know just to you know to help people have a good time you know that's cool
0: too. It's in, it's interesting that um, it's kind of the basics hit home more than the intricate stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. with any with any art. Um, and you do you do a lot of uh, teaching, right? The Drum mm-hmm. Seven. Yes. Can you talk about yeah, that? yeah Seven, that looks seven drum, sick. drum City and yeah. um yeah, and also City. like
1: like I'll I'll teach like all my own a lot um and that's something that's you know maybe at one point I was more of a survival sort of thing yeah you know, yeah of course like, as a oh, like, like what else am i going on a tuesday afternoon <laughs> but um you know really start to get into it and it's been a, this great kind of like mainstay um found a great kind of like niche in dc of um like teaching like adult uh drum lessons mostly um yeah. so it's it's a lot of people you know there, there's some sort of like advanced and like kind of like uh you know people i want to play kind of semi-pro and stuff like that but it's mostly people that they just want to enjoy it they just want to like create and like You know improvise and like have a good time and you know so kind of like taking that angle as like you know using the drums as as like a just sort of like form of expression yeah you know it's not about like you know trying to play some like crazy technical lick you know that's going to impress people on the internet it's more about just like you know having a uh, like an outlet especially people that have like like in, in dc like stressful jobs and yeah a lot of fun stuff happening like just have like something where they can express themselves and they, they can just have a little fun on, on their own. So kind of taking that angle of it, um, it's been uh, really cool, uh, for me, but, you know, of course, just getting a lot of times like to the basics, you know, just like, you know, what do you need to, um, you know, make a groove or, or yeah. make something that, you know, when you listen to like, it has an effect. you know, so, so that's, that's kind of helped me to maybe re-examine how I play, and, like, kind of, like, get to the heart of, like, a lot of, sort of, like, drumming ideas.
0: It's interesting, because, like, that, you wouldn't really necessarily come to that realization without teaching. You know what I mean? Like, or the appreciation right. of, like, oh, that beat I do when I do the uh, the, the, uh, the 16th with the uh, uh on the end of it. You know what I mean? Uh, right. That wouldn't right. have right. been like, cool. Uh, I mean, It'd probably be just, like,
1: so, super... Um, like hyper aware of like how i play because you know i'll do something and someone's say like, well why do you do that or yeah. well, why do you yeah. play it there or like well, why do you put the drums right there? and it's like that's a good question now i have to <laughs> think about this you know <laughs> so like you know that that's made me just like hyper aware of like anything that has to do with with the drums um so so that that that's been cool because that's you know without teaching it's like you do something so long you've stopped thinking about like okay why do i do it this way so yeah just like examining like processes and, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, that that's been a really cool side effect of, of teaching.
0: And it's cool just to see students grow. I teach I teach am a music teacher during the day. I teach an adapted oh, cool. music course. So we do like bits of everything, right? And like rhythm in particular, it's really interesting to see with kids how that simple rhythm, like just is ingrained and kind of touch upon like different cultures like 4-4 in america or in a yeah in america and a lot of other cultures is that beat everyone feels that and hears it and knows it and it's interesting when like, it would be like i don't know if you grew up in spain everything would be in 12 or um you know just another
1: another time signature would be normal and 4-4 would be weird but or you have maybe like more of this like intrinsic sort of like feeling for like the clave or something like that which it only sounds odd if you don't grow up with it
0: (laughs) right i mean i know clave sounds cool no matter what um (laughs) yeah i think so (laughs) it's and that's weird because it's such a subtle rhythm to kind of jump jump ship a minute. um the clave in like brazilian music is such a subtle thing that's buried around so much you know what i mean like there's so much going on around that like in carnival stuff and like
1: yeah, yeah like, it, it's
0: that heartbeat, you know? It's that, um,
1: uh, well, like the name, it's like a key you yeah. know, to, to everything else, you know?
0: And it's weird because it's on, like, two sticks, and all the bigger drums are playing, like, this crazier shit, and, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy that it's, like, almost the faintest thing. But I guess yeah. it's kind of like it's the hi in a way. Like, but uh, anyway, um, but it's interesting to see, like, how these simple things and, like, how patterns and just the human brain bring so much, like, joy in like security in a way because you know this is what's going to happen when that stops attention is now given or when that picks up yeah it's it's just right. a really interesting phenomena um, and i'm
1: sure you see it when, when you teach as well it's just like you get to kind of like relive the joy of like the first time you learned your instrument because it's yeah. like you know it's easy if you've been playing for so long get like kind of jaded it's like oh yeah like there's a beat whatever but like if you're seeing somebody that's like getting for the first time and they're like you know they're doing something that they couldn't do a week before, and they're like all kinds of pumped up about it. It's like yeah, like like I kind of like it's like I remember that I mean it's a long time ago, but it's like, yeah like I still got kind of get a kick out of that, so it, it helps that's keep awesome. it like um joyful, which you know is i I think that that's important I mean, even if you're playing like you know darker or weirder music or anything like that, yeah. like you know there's always gotta be some like joy in um in the music or in in the musician, you know, so like you know just remembering like what that feeling was like like the first time you played like a certain you know riff or a certain beat or something like that. Um, and just like kind of keeping that spark uh, alive, you know, even after you've done it a million times.
0: I think that's crucially important. I was talking yeah. with um, Avery uh, Mandeville from the band Little Hag out of New Jersey the other day. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of grew up with the, the Mike Knight scene and, you know, you grow as that. And like we were going on a bit of how like, remember when you were, in line at the mic night and you always wanted to be the mic night guy and now you're the mic night guy, and you don't want to come in the you don't want to do it today because you're tired it's it's so important to keep that that spark of like this is exciting i'm doing the thing i want to do and like right i think teaching is a it's the easiest way to keep in that mindset <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You can, I mean, there's nothing worse than seeing like like a jaded musician you know that's yeah. just like kind of phoning it in or whatever um you know and it's like you know because you know i mean we all see that sometimes it's like oh no like we got to avoid that like at all costs like that yeah. that's like the you know the death of a musician you know so yeah just keeping that that joy light like don't forget like how fun it is like just you know to hit something and hear a sound i mean as simple as that is or the a guitar and, and get a cool cool sound like yeah that sort of kick never dies and i, I can tell like like for you like you always get a, a kick out of it no matter what you know it's like that's, um, that's something to hold on to.
0: I agree. I think it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's crazy how simple it is to make something, to do something and be pleased with the sound and still be excited about it. Cause I can imagine mm-hmm. like with someone like you, you do all, you play in all these groups and you do all this, uh, um, studio work and you're teaching, you're doing the real deal musician hustle. Yeah. You know sure. I mean, <laughs> when you, when you, when yeah. you get behind the kit for the first time, you're like, Oh, this is the thing I want to do. I don't think you, no one realizes how much of the, Whoa, you're going to do this weird gig in a library and then you're going to be recording drums for the, the, the over the sound bits for the, the grocery store sounds or whatever. Like you're just going to (laughs) get like, you're going to get all these whack gigs that you would never even be like into or remotely care about until you're like doing the work
1: and like, exactly. But you know, it's, it's all drumming and, you know, and even like as different as one thing is to the next, like it's all kind of the same at the same time. It's still, you know, it's being in time, it's grooving, it's hitting things and getting sound, you know, it's, so that part of it, that's maybe the, the constant. Um, yeah. I think, you know, mo- most musicians can attest to that, is like style and genre, that's a little more fluid. Um, but yeah, just the actual, like, act of making music, um, Yeah, that that's the constant.
0: And, no, that's like, what's, because you're right, style genre it's all different things of the one thing you're doing and that's what's Mm -hmm. interesting about rhythm is like that's if if you're working on just rhythm and trying to understand that all these different cultures and styles are all just adaptations of one giant study (laughs) like and that i I don't know that's kind of like the perfect if you're going to hone in on one musical skill to grow 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 i can talk grow yes (laughs) (laughs) that would be like key Cause like you can, you can play a major scale and if you play it in a certain rhythm, it's going to resemble something else. So understanding rhythm is such an important thing and like, it f- makes everything else what it is. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing kind of like do it all, like study in a way for musicians. I,
1: I agree. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, I'm kind of maybe a little biased <laughs> a little because, biased, you know, I spent all my time on, on the drums and percussion, but it's like, you know, it all starts with like, you know where's the pulse like where are we feeling like the heartbeat of the music and then like you know if you if you've got rhythms on two different surfaces you know it could be anything could be um, a a log and a a, you know a clave or something or like a a cowbell and a you know and a snare drum whatever um you know once you have two different rhythms together now you're forming melodies you know because like now it's i mean it's a two note melody but it's still melodic. Um, and that was like sort of like the, you know, sort of, I guess, realization on the drums for me. It's like, hell yeah, it's a melody instrument. Um, yeah. You know, there's, I'm not playing, you know, you know C major chords or whatever, but yeah. it's still, you know, when you put two sounds together, they create like a third sound. You put three things together, they create another thing, you know. So, yeah. you know, like looking at it that way where, you know, there's like these infinite sort of combinations, even with like, you know, you take a drum set where, you know, maybe there's four drums and two cymbals. Um, all the combinations just between those things. Um, I mean, that's enough to keep anybody busy for a sure. lifetime.
0: And they all get a certain pitch, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's all, it's, even the most rhythmic thing can become melodic. Um, when you're, okay, I was talking to Bill Stevenson um oh
1: legend yeah No,
0: and I was so I got super caffeinated because I assumed he would be super caffeinated and like <laughs> the the descendants have been like a weird like thing with the school I work at right we all everyone was in the idea of all and the teachers and the students and it was so rad this was a sick moment and I was like and he's just it wasn't as caffeinated as I was so
1: <laughs> but well, uh, he's been doing it for a while too. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: been doing he's done a shit ton of podcasts since. But it was still a great conversation. Um but um he was saying when he drums, he thinks of it in a circle. He thinks of it circle uh, circleish in a circle manner. I don't I hmm. I asked him to expand upon that a little bit and then he dove into how like he follows like the melody and um um more of thinking like that when you are when you're drumming and you're filling in for someone or you're recording with someone, is there like, is there a circle thing in your head? Like, I don't, I don't really know what that meant, but I'm not a real drummer, you know what I mean? So maybe you can elaborate on that or maybe you have like sure. a different you know, uh, thought process see that. Yeah. Yeah. That. I, you
1: know, a couple of thoughts, you know, kind of similar to that. Um, now like, but like the one thing like, you know, if you compare drums to say like a wind instrument, um, you know, like, anybody plays like a wind instrument it just it naturally sounds more natural and more human yeah because if you're playing a wind instrument every now and then you've got to take a breath right you've got to add in little pauses and we all know rhythm section players especially drummers that you know you listen to them it's like they're not taking a breath like it's just this like barrage of notes you know um (laughs) yeah i guess guitarists are equally guilty of this uh you know it ends up just sounding like um like a machine or you know just not very like musical maybe like technically impressive but this idea of you know having cycles where like you know there's some some notes or some activity then there's a little rest there's a little you know kind of breath you know Mm. and that could be you know it's not like we're going to like stop entirely playing the drums so we can take a breath but you know leaving some gaps in there so that might be like in the space of like like a measure you know the space of a couple measures maybe a space of a couple beats you know but i think just having spaces in there and just letting notes breathe um that's such an important thing especially if you're playing with other people um you know just like if it's like a vocalist especially if it's maybe like a a softer singer you know really leaving out some some notes leaving some space for their voice to kind of like take over a little bit and this might mean like you know for a drummer like drop out the hi-hats altogether or like, mm. you know, like, like do you really need like base notes on all those counts? You know, like things like that where, I mean, it's, it's such a cliche cause it's true, but less is more like in that way. So thinking thing of things like cycles, whether it's like a slow cycle or like a fast cycle. Oh, okay. Um, okay. and then as far as like, you know, even like how time moves, especially if you talk about like swing and stuff like that. Now, an analogy that I like and I, I use with students a lot is to think about, the difference between rolling a ball, say like a a billiards ball Mm. and rolling like an egg, you know um, where maybe both things are rolling. They're both going in the same direction, but you know, one of them kind of goes along smoothly, you know, no change in pace. The other one, maybe it kind of speeds up, it slows down, speeds up and slows down, Mm, but it's, it's always going in the same direction. Like it's, you know, it's never stopping, you know, they're in the same trajectory, but these like just little fluctuations of like pushing and pulling or like just tiny bits of speeding up and slowing down, which would be like kind of swing in a nutshell.
0: Yeah.
1: That's um and just to think idea. about like all the like the kind of variations between one and another. Um, I mean, I guess we could think about like different shaped eggs, you know. Yeah <laughs> so like yeah. you know, they're all gonna have their own sort of like, you know, their own swagger, their own swing or, or whatever. So so that that's something I think is kind of cool too. Just thinking about like time um as not just like this like straight linear line, but as something that can kind of like fluctuates you know like a little bit of um you know pushing and pulling so that's where i think a lot of great musical um tension kind of comes from too it's just like looking at that sort of like pacing of of the time
0: i think that's a that's a beautiful analogy that was really that like i it made sense to me it's clicked (laughs) so write that one down (laughs) that one's a good one Right on. <laughs> okay, that makes sense because like I've watched a few videos, you know, explaining it. Because I went down a rabbit hole after that. Like people thinking of rhythm and like a clock, right? And like um, I have a friend who studies flamenco music, so thinking like um, with palmas when that hits in the in the circle motion, and like it's interesting the idea of time traveling, and that is what well, that's what you're doing. You're measuring this time, this this. I, it's it's not, it's more philosophical and maybe heady of a conversation but um it's, it's i don't know it's kind of bonkers that that's the medium you are you're 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 um adapting and molding is that that time
1: <laughs> absolutely i mean when we think about like how you know most music is sort of like made and learned but it's very linear like if you think about like a sheet of music you know yeah. it's like it's like very much like left to right top to bottom you know not a lot of detours or if you're you know, recording music, you know, in your doll of, of choice on a computer, you know, you see the timeline going left to right, you know, very much like evenly paced, you know, that wouldn't speed up or slow down. But I think that kind of works its way into our, um, or even just listening to music that's very kind of straight ahead, thinking of it as this like, kind of like clock or this this thing that like just has this one sort of motion forward, um, which, you know, that, I mean, that's, A lot of music and that that's fine but yeah kind of like stretching out a little bit um that's where i think things can get a little exciting you know maybe because it's like less familiar to people but yeah you know thinking of time as like less of a linear sort of thing less of like a, a solid stick and more of like a rubber band or something like that
0: it's it's weird that um with like different mediums like with music or with poetry Like there's a standard thing, right? There's this in poetry. There's the meter, right? And same with music. There's the meter, and when you break that, it starts to become this whole thing that's very. Now, where where does that cadence happen, right? It starts to be right in in, for the for the um, the enthusiast. It's like, oh, this is sick. This it kind of goes back to what we talked about. Something clicks. Like, oh, they don't they don't end anywhere. Ornette Coleman's great.
1: You know what I mean? Like uh, and like that. You know, and, and there's, you know, just kind of like mixing in just enough of that. Cause I mean, I, I think about too like like impressionism painting, you know, because yeah. it's like, you know, that can be really exciting where it's like it's like, wow, like if you look at this you know in a little bit of a different light like you get it's kind of a different picture yeah but of course you know you you take that to its extreme and it's like okay like what's going on here like this is you know. and that would be like maybe like you know free jazz or something like that where it's like okay like what's huh. happening yeah I'm, I'm not really sure um but you know just from finding that that right balance where you know i talk about with students uh, a lot too it's like thinking about this like spectrum between predictability and randomness um mm. on the one end is just like you know an 808 playing like you know a dance beat on the other end you've got like i don't know the sound of marbles in a in a clothes dryer or something like that so it's like you know (laughs) trying to (laughs) balance the two so it's engaging it's interesting but it's also something that you can kind of feel you can you know you you can find the pulse you can kind of groove to it if you want to um you know and, and that that always comes up it's like you know common like lesson question how often should i play a drum fill and it's like well mm. you know <laughs> yeah think about this sort of like like this spectrum between these two extremes and find that balance that that feels right for you
0: yeah, yeah. i mean how do we explain chaos and ram randomness and predictability uh. <laughs> <laughs> but that 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 would be a as far as learning to play drums that would be a great question because like a drum fill is going to look different in like um the pigeon kings right a different uh-huh. that's going to fit in differently and you have a different a different uh-huh. drum altogether. so what you can do is and you're standing up and playing and like it's going to be a completely different feel and type of fill and time to do it compared to like um the singer songwriter one of which you've been working with uh lisa said like Lisa Saeed, yes, uh huh. Oh wait, Lisa Saeed? It, it looks okay. like said, but yes, it looks like yes, said. Saeed. Okay, all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I common like, mistake, sure,
0: no problem. Uh, all right, no, I feel better. Than, <laughs> I totally said that wrong. Then um, don't worry about it. But like, her type of stuff is gonna be maybe a more common thing where you would find a Phil. And like, that's the ability to navigate and best serve the song and the feel of what's going on is how do you teach how do you teach being ready for the moment
1: you know what i mean right and a lot of that is like you know thinking about your role like 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 what's the purpose of like what you're playing yeah yeah know, and thinking about like um intention which is something that's you know i find myself more and more thinking about especially in the past year it was all this time to get all introspective like what's the intention of every note you know is Mm. it's you know am i am I supporting the talent am I making say Lisa um, sound her best or am I trying to like draw attention to myself which, which is uh, a bad thing for a, a musician to want to do yeah but, you know but like finding that balance where like things are interesting but you're also like supporting uh and you know of course you know like you said it's gonna differ depending on um you know the style of the band it's going to depend on like the equipment you're playing you know you have a different sort of like palette of sounds to use, but you know as long as the intention is to like enhance like a song or like to move a song forward or to like create an overall, um, feeling, then I think that's when the musician's on the right track, you know, when yeah. it's just like, Oh, I feel like I should probably play something here or, or, Oh, like, you know, I need to, you know, show what I can do or whatever that, that's when like the intention I think is a little faulty and it might that's not good. sound as best as it could.
0: Yeah. Cause you're, you're not serving the group, you're serving yourself right um what was it like recording at inner ear with elisa oh
1: man that's great um i I think i've i've been there probably you know a half dozen times or so yeah uh, since i moved to dc um don have you ever talked to don zantara no but i would love to Uh, yeah i know he's he's done a bunch of podcasts um he's great um so so you know the the whole um history like he's you know just such an integral part of like a lot of like the dc you know kind of do it yourself and kind of hardcore sort of scene um so yeah so that's great i mean just the even be in a place that has like that kind of like history is, is so cool um but you know it's this is very you know i think like like the best engineers uh, and producers very hands-off you know nice make sure everybody is kind of on the same page gets all the sounds and then it's like do what you do best you know um and then um so, so i i think that's great i mean he's he's just i mean he's such a such a nice guy too um so cool you know i mean you just you never know when you yeah. meet your heroes yeah that's what you're right gonna right. get um but you know um but yeah i mean he's he's such a cool guy and obviously so knowledgeable um but yeah just a great storied um music studio here
0: um it's interesting because like I keep saying it's interesting, but it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but like you know, I just I'm just noticing myself. Um, But like (laughs) as a drummer, you're kind of doing this almost the same approach as uh, like this kind of let the group be its thing. Do intervene when you need to. You're kind of I I don't know. It's it's like kind of the same mindset of um, letting the best the the, what the group needs to do the shine in a way. Um, It's just weird, right? Uh, I was going to say weird kind of similar mindset, different, different in, in less, less intentive because you're driving the whole song. Yeah. But,
1: but I think, yeah. in a lot of ways, like, you know, it should be like the same goal as like, um, like say like a session player as like a producer or engineer, you know, their, their job is to bring out the best in yeah. the other players, um, to let them shine, you know? Um, mm. you know, so, so it's like whatever you have to do to do that, whether it's kind of like pushing along musically, like in some directions or like, you know, increasing the energy at the right times and things like that. Or just like getting out of the way, like knowing when to yeah. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, it's like it's like, okay, for this second verse, I'm not gonna play a thing or, you know, I'm gonna play a shaker or something. <laughs> but you know, sometimes like that's that's what it takes. It's just like um just trying to bring out the best in other people, you know. But I mean I'm sure you could say that for a lot of walks of life, I'm just think of it. But yeah. Anyway,
0: <laughs> shakers hard, man. Getting sixteenth notes on a shaker, <laughs> trying to get that like rhythm, it's, like that
1: ro- that rotation without th- keeping it right. Speed, like that's not easy. Oh, I always tell people don't don't laugh for percussion. I mean, the the, the most dangerous thing you can do is give somebody a cowbell. that doesn't have good time. Yeah, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, that's so loud. So, uh, and it sticks out, and that's, everyone's that's danger. <laughs> everyone
0: knows it now because of that whole cowbell bit.
1: Who else oh, did yeah. you
0: um, record with in Inner Ear
1: besides uh, Lisa? I did a couple albums with um, Lisa. A couple singles. Uh, she had kind of like a follow-up project called Pyramid Scheme. Uh, oh, okay. So I did an album at so that. So that's it was her as well. Uh, me and her. Gotcha. Um, two and two other guys doing like a little bit more of like a garagey, kind of glammy kind of thing.
0: Did you guys uh, ever? So we did. T- did you ever tour with Pyramid Scheme, and play at Pyramid um, Scheme?
1: Uh- in a, yeah yeah it was it was, was all just get... um local oh, okay. um okay it, so it was, yeah everything stayed kind of in the dmv in the in the dc area um yeah yeah there was those there was a couple kind of random sessions here and there there was one like uh space rock band a couple years ago i I played there uh i think what else there might have been like one or two other kind of like random sessions you know where i, I honestly don't remember <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but m- most of the work at inner ear um had been with lisa
0: okay cool That's so rad. That's so rad. Um, The kind of – the shift gears and go into, like, your your, uh, guardrail that just came out the other day. Like, when you're writing – and I wanted to mention it, but we kind of went down to – a train of thought. Um Oh
1: I enjoy it, man. I appreciate that.
0: Uh, no, thanks, man. It's been I've been digging your stuff. So I'd I don't know. i do not know. I know the hustle of, of like a musician that has to because I'm living that existence and not as like <laughs> and, and not as cool as you are at the moment because you're hitting all these uh, cool not, studios not as cool as I seem don't, don't worry. Nah I don't know. <laughs> um but when you for the solo project, are you thinking of like do you come up with this rhythmic motif and expand upon that? Like I um I think my jam so far has been N-U-S-A, not, I'm not sure how to say it. Oh,
1: Nusa, sure. Nusa, Mm -hmm. okay.
0: And like, I went down the rabbit hole, I found, you've been tinkering with that one since like 2016, there's this really rad video of you playing it, and you're like, you can see like, the keys and shit, and you're hitting like, um, this almost like, Indonesian, like, uh,
1: That's
0: one. Uh, I can't think of the name
1: of it, but it's like... It's, it's, a, a, it's like a Gamelon, Gamelon uh, piece. Okay. It's, like, it's like a small kind of bastardized um, piece Version of, of a it? Gamelon yeah. orchestra. And um, like, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, thanks for checking out. So yeah, so you see like kind of like the progression of, of that yeah. one. That's one I've been probably tinkering and, with uh, the longest. And, you know, that's actually maybe a good point is like, you know, where a lot of these things start. Most times there's like a single, like maybe of an idea. And that could be a rhythmic motif. It could be, you know, sort of a... A visual sort of picture, well in that case, it was actually like that. Um, the instrument that you mentioned, that little um gamelan piece, uh w- which I got in 2016 uh, in Indonesia. It was like okay. just a little kind yeah, of. Yeah, I was
0: going to ask if um I saw that you. What was it? Did you go to Cambodia? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was um, well, that was a different trip. Um, oh, okay. I mean, besides music, I mean, travel is a whole nother um story and and passion and stuff but yeah i I went a few years before um 2016 yeah we went me and my wife to uh indonesia i picked up that instrument you know just to kind of to have and play with but you know just the more i play it like you know i'm of course not trying to like simplify this like intense like musical tradition you know which i mean that's a whole nother world and it's incredible is um gamelan music and it's i I love it
0: it's hard that one like when I took ethnomusicology at Cleveland state, that one was like, I can't keep track of the mode. This one's a tough one. I need, I need some time with this one.
1: <laughs> I mean, it just shows that like, I mean, the whole process is different. I mean, yeah. cause that's, I mean, going back to like how we think of things very linear and like, in in that sort of music there, there would be, it's a little bit more nonlinear where like, like one drummer, like the big gong player might be kind of like leading the changes and things like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's built on repetition. It's built on all these interlocking rhythms uh, and of course, like as a, as a drummer, how could you not love that? <laughs> yes. um, but the but you mind. know, just having that like one like little like sound palette uh, like, at my dis- at my disposal, yeah. that really like kind of gave birth to a lot of new ideas. Um, so you know, I kind of played with that, and then you know, having that sort of like picture in mind of like you know our time in Indonesia, and that, like hearing that sound, which like kind of like puts me like right back there. Um, so that was kind of like maybe the guiding sort of like theme I, I guess for, for, for that song so you know I, I recorded that and then you know just kind of messing with it you know in post like you know it's kind of like producing it like yeah. getting new sounds out of it um, so that that was um, you know that, that, that was a big inspiration for that one
0: that's cool it's, it's cool that you I don't know I, I I get obsessed with new stringed instruments and I'm like
1: oh this is so cool how's
0: it work and then to be able to use it and be creative with it is a whole nother thing and it absolutely with um, we, it kind of touching back on that video. It looks like the kick drum is like, you're like that big drum you use in uh, pitching. Oh, things.
1: good eye, good eye. Yes, yes. So, so that is in fact, uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, good eye, right on. Is it? Um, so okay. that that is in fact the same. Uh, it's a, called a tapan. Okay. Uh, or tupan, uh, or davul. You know, there's different names for it, but yeah, uh, it's basically a, a rope-tuned bass drum. I, okay. I believe it's a uh, Bulgarian in origin, and that's what I use with um Piper Jones, uh, the bagpiper. So, oh, okay. like cool. the, the videos you see me like jumping around with like this giant drum. And, yep, yeah. In fact, that was uh, the exact one. Nice. Um, but yeah, or or even just that, like using that as like a a bass drum. Well, I mean, as like a traditional like with pedal and stuff like that. Yeah. Just that sort of juxtaposition of sounds between that, you know a Bulgarian sort of instrument an Indonesian instrument you get this sort of like kind of I don't know ethnic fusion sort of thing yeah. going on um but and then just a, kind of filtering that through however I play as you know just a you know some some guy from from Delaware yeah uh, so, so that's gonna that's gonna create just this juxtaposition something that hopefully is you know a little bit at least unique and a little bit kind of different um so that's kind of how that one started but a lot of them, you know, it's it's kind of the same sort of thing. It might just start with um, maybe like a musical reference, something I've been listening to a lot, which kind of without even trying, kind of finds its way into whatever it is I'm doing. Or you know, it could be again a rhythmic motif or a visual picture or or just an instrument. Like you sh- you probably heard on the album, there's a couple kind of strange sounds. So there's some like kind of <laughs> a few maybe more like <laughs> custom kind of uh, yeah. instruments or more like unusual percussion instruments.
0: Like where'd the key thing come from? That was rad, like the key jingles or key. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that
1: one um, yeah, and that was um that, that I think that, that pops up a couple times on the album um yeah that was a just a homemade instrument. Uh, I saw another percussionist do that uh, a while back, and yeah you know, it's it's been done a few times, but yeah, yeah. I just I you know assembled just a load of keys. You <laughs> know I just got. Yeah. You know, I think they're discards from Home Depot. Yeah. Strung them together and, and they actually make this great kind of um almost like a wind chime kind of sound.
0: It's it's that's I, that's so cool because like it's like it's like you have the denim jacket with instead of punk patches, you're putting on different like sounds from around the world. And then you're rocking that <laughs> and you're still going to like the coffee shops or the local hangs and so still doing your thing, but you're representing all these other cool sounds and like <laughs> thought processes and like philosophies it. and like it, as a, I don't know, I, I get really excited about world stuff as well. So like when um, that Howard sent me your stuff, I'm like, yeah, of course, this sounds sick. Um, <laughs> Great. It's so cool to see it integrated in a way that's authentic, which has been kind of the goal in what we've been talking about before authentically you and like in a way that still resonates and like, that sounds like, Oh man, I heard a, I think I heard that, you know, and like, I think I th- that video aspect of it was really cool. I hope you, uh, I hope you do more of that. Like the, the kind of follow up with the, with the record, because like seeing it and like brings a whole nother life to it. you like, Oh man, he's playing keys. You know what I mean? Like no literal
1: <laughs> keys. Like, <laughs> Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, maybe maybe that might be um, in the work. I I realize, like, now, because, like, now people are kind of like questioning, like, what what is that sound there? Like, like, how did, what's going on there? Because, you know, it's probably, it's very kind of, you know, unknown or kind of confusing or mysterious, like, where these sounds came from. So, yeah, a lot of times it's, I mean, it's always starting from, like, an acoustic instrument. So that's one thing I always kind of go for, like, maybe my MO a little bit is everything is, like, from actually, playing an instrument just like yeah. you know just having something acoustic in the room but then you know it goes into the computer it gets kind of mangled up and then you know change the pitch whatever so then you know it starts to sound like something maybe completely different uh and that's where uh, you know the fun really starts to happen yeah
0: and that's that's got to be kind of hard to recreate right like live the the digital aspect of it unless you had like some uh like a rolling pad
1: or something and can cue up all that yeah, yeah. So the, the, that that's kind of um. So what I'm doing right now is kind of adapting it back because so it started a lot of it as like a live show, and then I kind of fleshed it out recording wise, and now I'm kind of adapting it back into like a, a live show for who knows when, um, yeah. you know, for when, whenever there's a live show. <laughs> um, and that that's one thing you know, kind of like an internal dilemma that I always have is like, how much do I want to like um lean on like samples. And, yeah. you know, the answer is usually not much. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of having like a, a rolling pad like on the kit or things like that. Um, so a lot of like the sort of sound manipulations, it's all coming from the kit, but it's all being uh, processed through um, Ableton Live. So, so mm-hmm. I automate a lot of stuff live. So as I'm playing, the sound of the acoustic kit is is changing. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of how I get a lot of these, these things. Um, so, you know, it, it's a challenge, you know, because I mean, course you know i don't want to bring like samplers but i also don't want to bring like you know a truck full of percussion instruments (laughs) yeah so like like you know live like things are going to be pretty different than um um like like on on the record but you know there's gonna be things that's from there that i don't play but then there's things live that maybe aren't recorded so you know i like to have you know it's not like a pop concert where the, the concert has to be exactly like the the album yeah um i approach it maybe a little bit more like Maybe how like a jazz musician would, where you've got this sort of structure, you've got like the changes, but then like what you do with it live, you know that that's anybody's guess. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) and that's the beauty of the live thing too. I think it's weird people can appreciate both like extremes. Like oh, they did such a cool rendition of their thing from the record, sounded nothing. It sounded even better. Or it's like (laughs) they played it exactly like the record. Holy shit! You know what I mean? Like either way, like is right. And, like, it's that kind of middle of deciding where to go with it. And, like, so you've done a few shows prior to the shutdown. Was it kind of in mind to figure out what you were going to track? Or was it just, like, I want to do a solo show and see how it goes? So before the
1: pandemic, the plan was sort of to, you know, play a bunch of shows, kind of work things out live, kind of, like, you know, solidify some things. And then, you know, once everything was feeling good, like, there was a good set of music, then track them. Um, but then, you know, I kind of flipped that script a little bit once the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I've been sort of, you know, with different um, bands and whatnot, kind of like both ways where, you know, you write something in the studio and then you play it out live. Or you play something a bunch live and then you come into a studio and you yeah. track it. Um, you know, in both ways kind of have uh, their merits. Yeah. You know, with, with the latter, you kind of get your first sort of gut instincts. You know, it's maybe a little bit more... Um, spontaneous; it's a little bit more exciting in that way. Yeah. But in the other way, like if you played it a whole bunch, it's a little bit more refined. You know, you know exactly what works. Um, so yeah, you know, both approaches kind of work. Um, so yeah, so this time, you know, some stuff had already been kind of worked out a little bit live, but a lot of it was you know just improvising at home and you know re- constantly recording, seeing what works, and then kind of playing with things um, in post.
0: But, yeah. I mean, it makes I don't know. It's in both. I agree with both ways being good, and like it, it doesn't. I guess if you go into it after playing it a few times live or a bunch live, it comes out easier. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. where if you just yeah. track it live, it's kind of harder to make come to life when you hit the stage with it.
1: Right, right, and that's you know. I mean, if you're, you know, paying for expensive studio time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, you know, that's it, a different it, it, it's it's worth having things very very much rehearsed <laughs> yeah. or whatever. You know, unless I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody's getting like you know million dollar advances from the record company anymore no, um it's <laughs> <world. laughs> hold up in a studio world. for for a year well, yeah. so like but you know luckily i mean with you know recording technology being the way it is even with kind of minimal uh equipments you know i'm able to like you know just record myself constantly yeah at home and see what works and just kind of tinker with things kind of on on my own time and you know so, some days maybe it's not really happening other days it's just like you get into a zone and yeah. it's just like ideas are just coming So just having that flexibility is just such a cool thing.
0: That's got to be well. When when it hits and you get to be in the moment, then you're all kind of consumed with it. Makes it's cool when you have time to do it. But someone with like you has all a million gigs kind of lined up, usually, and and a family. (laughs) Like that's got to be uh um the kind of shift gears in a in a with with that um. How does. Man, like I don't know. I've never had too much luck with managing, doing the music full time, and like the relationship stuff. How, like, do you guys like the kind of how how have you guys worked that out?
1: Like, <laughs> I need advice. You, it, it's 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 a challenge. <laughs> I mean, just just on like uh you know like a personal yeah. kind of level. Like, it, it's um you know it, one one of the biggest challenges is just like time management when you're dealing with like other people. Yeah. Um, because you know when it's just me, it's just like yeah. I mean, just workaholic. I'll just keep on doing it until it's done. Yeah. but you know i've got um, to to that <laughs> yeah yeah right right on um but yeah i've got two kids they're they're one and three years old so yeah and and that's great i mean that, that's i mean i'm so glad i get to spend like more time at home with them but you know i mean it can be kind of tough it's like you've got this like great musical idea or like you're in the zone but it's like oh wait responsibilities crap yeah. and, you know um but i think you know that's probably something that just about anybody can relate because you know everybody's got responsibilities other than just you know being creative and like trying to, to make music so whether it's a job or a family or, yeah. or anything like that um because you never know like when inspiration is going to hit you you know like there's this great like analogy like david lynch um the director talks about yeah like ideas are kind of like fish you know so oh, you yeah, just got to yeah, be yeah. able to like like catch them you know when <laughs> you got to be like in the right place at the right time have you read um, his and book, then, you
0: know, the catching the fish
1: no, I, I saw just like a little interview where where he, oh, okay. he said that. Is there a book around that? Yeah, there's that? this
0: whole book. It's a it's a light read, but it just kind of dives into like the idea of waiting to catch the big fish, right? And like the transcendental meditation stuff he's really
1: into and it, it's, a, it's a good read good read yeah um, yeah i'm gonna put that right, right on the list um that sounds great um it, but yeah i mean perfect. it's it's true though <laughs> you know like he it says it's like it's like and if you're there and it comes along it's like ah, party time you know now yeah. it's you know, yeah, good to go so it's kind of tough you know i think you know the, the best sort of thing is um you know just to have like a and like like he was about this a little bit too in interviews like have like a space you know have yeah. like you know, your own like workspace and then hopefully, you know, have like a set time, you know, each day when you can be creative and just be like, you know, in the moment and things like that, which, I mean, it seems like, you know, like that should be the easy part, but not always, not always. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, just balancing things. Of course, you know, that that's the hardest thing is just, you know, um, you know, responsibilities, whether it's working or teaching or whatever, and family, you know, sort of things and household, and then, like, making time to, like, be creative, which, of course, you know, it's it's important for your soul. It's not, like, a vanity thing. Like, you've got to have some time to do the thing that you love and it's expressive and all this kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, balancing things, that's, <laughs> Scheduling. That's, that's a challenge.
0: That's the thing. Yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> you know? yeah, wow. um, that makes sense, though, because, like, I think practicing being creative, like how you're saying, allowing yourself a allotted a, a amount of time every day, every other, whatever it is, to focus on just thinking about writing a motif or or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Just having that spot that you know you have to go to for your own personal, like, fulfillment. Um, Mm -hmm. I think just, I guess, creating that space makes it acceptable for... that
1: Scheduling is key is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, just as simple as it sounds is just being in the moment, which um, it sounds like something you're very um, in touch with and... You know, writing and everything—it's just like, like I mean, it's, but it's it's hard sometimes, right? I mean, that's why meditation is such a huge thing. It's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm drumming, you know, I'm thinking about all the things I have to do, and then you know, when I'm doing the things I have to do, I'm just thinking about drumming. (laughs) You know, so it's it's hard, like kind of like you know, to everybody and everything's detriment sometimes. You know, so it's just like like okay, this is the time that I do this stuff and that's it this yeah. is the time that i focus on these responsibilities and that's that um but you know it's hard to kind of compartmentalize you know when you know your brain's going 100 miles an hour
0: yeah yeah code that that code shifting is hard like so when you're do you meditate are you do you find a relief in that or or inspiration out of meditating
1: or is that not really your cup i, I you? do and you know every time i do i, I think i should do this more um <laughs> but you know it, there, there's like i mean there, there's like i think I don't know if it was Dalai Lama or it's like, if if you, if you can't find, you know, 10 minutes a day, then you need 20, you know, if yeah. if, if you can't, if you can't find 30 minutes a day just to meditate, then you really need 60, you know, yeah. <laughs> so that's I a, think there's probably some truth in that. And that's something, yeah. um, maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. I need to, um, my wife's been suggesting that as much, just carving out some time just to yeah. do that, just to be silent and to listen and et cetera. <laughs> well i
0: mean she's she's a creative too she just came out with a, a kid's book right
1: yeah right on. man you didn't you did your research absolutely <laughs> so so yeah she just um just uh put it out uh it hasn't been uh uh printed yet but uh yeah she's looking at uh this spring was that um, her her, her quarantine? A, a ch- sorry that that, that that was absolutely yeah yeah that was okay. kind of her quarantine project uh putting together this uh children's book and you know i mean but now like you know she's all fired up and you know she wants to keep doing it. So, so that's, it's kind of cool. And right? you know, we both have, um, in, in some ways, very different, but in some ways, very similar sort of, um, uh, pursuits, yeah. you know, when, when we're not doing, you know, the things we have to do. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Has she always been a writer and been doing stuff like that as well? Or
1: is this a new, no, is actually her, her very first, um, endeavor, but oh, that's sick. You know, I mean, she's always been, I think like, um, um, like a big thinker, like always like lots yeah. of ideas and, you know, things like that. But, you know, it's just hard to like solidify, um, like focus on one idea, but this is one, like it really like stuck, you know, and she really kind of saw it through. And of course, I'm proud of her. And that's awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see like book? what's, I'm sorry. What's the name of the book? Oh, it's, um, going to the phlebotomist. Um, so it's about, you know, a kid getting his blood drawn for the first yeah. time, but, um, he thinks he's going to see a, a hippopotamus because of a, <laughs> that's awesome. you know, cause it's, a, it's a, like a near rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah So that, that's, that's, that's a little bit of the the joke but um you know, it's like you know helping kids through first experiences and things like
0: that I'm, I'm awful with blood stuff needles veins i i it's not for
1: me so i i'll probably read that book well, well maybe 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 a, maybe a light-hearted children's book will be just the thing for you
0: but you know. <laughs> to start thinking of them as a hippopotamus
1: it might work that's it because it's cute you
0: know no that's awesome and like they kind of touch upon how hard it is to take a big concept and make it easily explained because i work with right. kids pre-k to senior high like oh, cool. take it take a thing like that and be like rhythm is like how do you de-splain all these intric intricacies like all these complicated little things how do you simplify how do you just make yeah you know you just do this and, absolutely like, i mean it's and just and that's
1: something that com- comes up a lot because you know you hear you know maybe like some you know your favorite drummer or your favorite guitarist play and it's like oh that just sounds like magic That sounds like you know, it's just totally inconceivable, yeah. you know, that you could do that. But, you know, you break it down into, like, its smallest units. Um, so one, one analogy that I, like, use and overuse, it's just relating it to, like, learning a language, you know, because most people, yeah. I mean, everybody has experience learning their own language. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people learning a second language. So it's like, what's the first thing a child does, like, in school when they're learning their their language? You know, you learn the alphabet, you know. Yeah. Okay, so here's 26 sounds that you can make, Um. And then, you know, you put them together into words and it's like, oh, okay, now we're really cooking. And then you put words together, you got sentences and so on and so on, you start speeding it up. So you go from just making a couple sounds, you know, A, B, C, to, you know, reading Shakespeare or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of like the analogy I take with, with music. You know, if we think about, you know, rhythms and, you know, if want to get technical, like like sixteenths, and like, is it yeah. on the one, is it on the E, is it is it the E and, you know? Um, you know, all those different little combinations, you know, how they kind of fit together, um, playing them slowly, putting them on different limbs, and then eventually you start speeding them up, you know, just like somebody that's gotten fluent in a language. Uh, and that's where, you know, it's like, oh, like, when you put it like that, when you slow it down, it's not so bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, I always say, like, you know, if you're trying to learn Spanish, like, you hear somebody speaking Spanish, it's like, oh, it's it this does is sound, possible. Yeah, it sounds so But if too. you force them to... Speak in Spanish at like a quarter speed. It's like, oh, okay, now it's starting to make sense. <laughs> yeah. Was um, so I would say like drumming is just simple things done fast, you know? Yeah, um, or, or whatever. But I, I, we're just hitting things. You know, any percussion instrument, or circles any and stuff, anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, it. Have you ever read the Victor Wooten book, The Music Lesson?
1: No, I've seen I, oh, some, would some, some it. of his instructional. Um, the the videos which are great for any musician but i haven't read
0: that that it's basically like kind of a more in-depth version of that i think that the the instructional videos and the um like he's got a a groove uh seminar or whatever it's like a double Mm -hmm. dvd and like and that book kind of go hand in hand but like he touches upon a lot of the same things like relating to music to a language and like how when you start to um learn a language you babble Right? You're like, and everyone thinks it's the shit. You're like, oh, it's adorable. It's so great. And you're, you're, you're as, a, as a babbler, you're reinforced. You're like, oh, cool. I'll keep doing that. And like, you grow into being able to have conversations like we're having. And like, you know what I mean? Like, so there's like this support that he, his way of thinking about it is really cool. And like, what you just said kind of made me think of that. So I think you might dig, dig some of his uh, philosophies of
1: music and language. I think so. I like one at one point in one of his videos, like, no matter what note you play, yeah, yeah in his yeah. case on the bass, you're only a half step away from the right note, like, yeah, even if, if it's like so. You know, there's really no such thing as the wrong note, especially like if you play it a couple times, it's like, okay, this is intentional, which you know, gets back to like this idea of like intention and like, yeah, if you play anything the way, like, as if you like play it like you mean it's like, like they say, um, it's gonna, it's gonna come out sounding right even if it sounds bad it's gonna sound yeah. right
0: you know yeah it's weird because you i don't know you have a guy like monk like who's playing all these weird notes but you go to monk for those weird notes i you know what i mean like fill in the fill it's in good. the jazz guy you can find the sound that is their sound and sounds wrong in other situations but is right because there is no right or wrong but it's kind of interesting on the concept of like what our brains perceive as right like, rhythm, I don't know if you've ever dove into, like, um, how, what your brain looks like on rhythm. No, it sounds interesting. It's, 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 a, it's, it's crazy how much... So I went to school for music therapy and um, got certified in NMT. And a lot of their studies are based off rhythm because it's predictable and hits all these centers of the brain. And, and like, even, like, the concept of listening to a, a click before listening primes your brain in a way where like when you look at it on like uh, uh um i can't think of the scan uh, where uh ah. brain scan when you look at it on the brain scan super intelligent language um but you no, can, I know i don't know mean yeah yeah like, i'm trying it. M- fmri fmri there it is when you look at an fmri you can see like a, a point for each thing it cues up the brain in like it's it's kind of just a tangent of it but like rhythm is such a key thing and like it makes everything like in have this predictive and like it makes those wrong notes sound wrong when it doesn't go out of like the culturally perceived thing that you grew up listening to because it affects Mm -hmm. the brain so much i guess that's the point i was trying to make and wow okay so that concept of the right note the, uh, the wrong note being only half step away from being the right note even if it's a in like uh, you you're playing four but for some reason you added a fifth and now it's back to four there's like this uh, and like it hits so hard and like it feels so wrong even though it's it doesn't matter you know and I guess that goes back to the whole meditation thing being okay with that I don't know it's like it's interesting concept how hard
1: it is just to let things be Right, absolutely, yeah, and one thing like like you know, kind of along those lines that really blew my mind like I, I watched a, this talk online um about how intervals like 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 in a chord like you know major, minor yeah. or whatever, if you slow down the the sound enough, like you stretch the waveform out enough, yeah, you're basically getting ratios, you're getting polyrhythms, um, and, and they showed how like if you take, for instance, like you know a two against three, polyrhythm you know two notes evenly spaced three notes evenly spaced yeah and you speed it up and up and up and up until you can't hear the individual notes you get a major chord huh. um so in the same thing like i think i forget exactly what it was but like a three against four polyrhythm ends up being like a minor chord i think um when you speed it up enough where it stops sounding like individual you know like clicks or yeah drum hits or whatever Whoa. and it just kind of yeah turns into this one like tone um it's it's a, a chord so Oh. It just shows that, I mean, it's it's all math, you know, and, and in some crazy. in some way. So, you know, when we're playing, so like, I like to kind of take that the other way around. It's like when we're playing a polyrhythm, we're playing a slow motion chord uh, mm-hmm. on the drums. So like the more sort of like, like intense and like, you know, the, the polyrhythm is like, I think they use some crazy example, like 17 against 24, you know, some like really random sounding polyrhythm. When you speed it up, sure enough, it sounds very dissonant. Mm-hmm. Um, but you take something a little bit easier, two against three, three against four, um, it turns into something pleasing to the ears. So, yeah, just playing, you know, kind ratios. of slow motion melodies and slow motion chords yeah. on the drums.
0: That's insane. That's cool. Wow. I'm a. i am i want to dive into. If you can send me that that link, to that, need, absolutely. That would be rad. Yeah,
1: I saw that. I was like, I was like, whoa. Like this changes everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. I saw. It, it makes me think of. I saw this other video on a uh, Train fractals, right? And like this, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a YouTuber who does all these cool theory videos that I show people and no one really cares about. Um And he did this one like where he took the first bar of giant steps, like the first solo mm-hmm. rip, and like mm-hmm. he changed it, he messed with it, and he ended up speeding it up so much that it became one note. So like eventually all these different tonalities became one pitch. And then eventually oh, he keeps okay. speeding it up, it becomes like another, it becomes like... It slows down again it, it was really I'll, I'll send you it it's really interesting really yeah it sounds like
1: along the same lines like it's yeah, almost like the opposite. it's like a, a reverse <laughs> arpeggio you know yeah. like you know like unarpeggiated uh some sort of line
0: <laughs> but it kind of it, it's weird that it comes back to like a frequency being all this thing right like all these intricacies that we like focus on and try the and try to learn from and like d- be able to play all these different things and like
1: but eventually it's all just one pitch. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Exactly. It's, right. I mean, all these different parts, you know, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's like pick your, your favorite analogy. I mean, it could be like, like a chemistry thing or like, uh, yeah. or whatever, but you know, you combine all these different little pieces and then the end product is something that's kind of its own thing. You know, it's not really, you don't think of it as it's, it's individual parts anymore. Yeah.
0: Was it interesting? Um, can I, can I, uh, have you ever messed with like tablas?
1: No, no, that that that's one. That I think probably I'm just a little bit intimidated. Yeah, because like, it's a dense culture, like a dense. It's a dense culture, and it's like you know, almost like if I was just like kind of like there's no like um, sort of just like messing around with something like that. Like yeah. you know, like no, you, you don't you don't dabble with something that that's like yeah, that's true. Like a you know cultural sort of history, or even just like the technique is like such its own thing. Yeah, um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to. I think I think that's you know maybe somewhere in the cards, but that that's not one that I've um I've delved into at all. Because
0: uh, I'm talking with a uh, James Mushler from Moon Hooch, or formerly of Moon okay. Hooch. Are you familiar with those guys? Yeah, yeah, I like them. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, he's coming out with like this, this crazy uh, cool concept album of the birth of the universe with like all these different gongs and stuff. Um, and he like he's gone down the rabbit hole with um with like Indian culture and learning tablas and stuff. And I was just curious if, I don't know. Cause like, it seems like that it seems dense. It seems hard to get into. And like, it seems like it can easily be like, um, kind of that, uh, visiting the culture thing and like pretending you were there type, like we were talking at the beginning of the conversation, but, uh,
1: absolutely. And, and, you know, but I think like probably once, and obviously he's got no problem with it, but like, yeah, once you could get over like that sort of like insecurity, like, yeah. you know, like, I'm sure, like, if I was to, like, dabble on the top list, the, you know, in drum police, it's not going to, like, come kicking down the door. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like the, that's not how you do it. Um, but, you know, like, but, it, you know, if you're just trying to make sounds and, like, try to, like, get, like, a feeling from it, like, yeah, why not? Like, there's there's yeah. no, no rules against that. Um, like, I guess that the closest thing is, um, or probably the, the percussion instrument that I spend the most time on outside of the drum kit is uh, the baron, which is, like, the, the Irish frame drum. Yeah. Uh, But then, I mean, you could spend a lifetime just getting good at that. Um, There's plenty of people that do. Um, So, like, the the best sort of like compliments of like, I was, you know, uh, practicing and trying to get it going. Uh, I sent a clip to like a really great um, ballroom player and drum maker, you know, just kind of asking him some questions. And he was like, wow, like, you play that like a drum set player. And he (laughs) said, like, but that's cool because you're coming up with things that probably a traditional Mm. player wouldn't come up with. So it's like, right on like okay so like I'm, I'm not trying to be like a traditional player yeah. um but in some way maybe that's okay like maybe yeah. that's going to you know it's going to make me come up with ideas that i wouldn't have or like somebody that just plays that and very traditional might not come up with um so yeah so i think just like kind of embracing that and you know from then on i was like okay cool like i'm just going to play it how i think sounds cool and you know if the traditional music police don't like it then Oh well, you know, (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, and you don't break out of tradition. You it's kind of like the plateau. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's hard to achieve it. And there, you know, I mean, but you don't musically, or at least normally, that's kind of where you get. It's breaking out that those those kind of set foundations to make it this thing, and then then it's Jimi Hendrix, then it's John Coltrane, then it's like someone who's uh, Ravi Shankar. Like then it's someone who's taken these strict formalities learned them mastered them and said fuck it and made their own thing <laughs> like exactly
1: you know and, and, and then, breaking the rules in your you're disrespecting anything you know? yeah um i mean anything have the like, total respect for it. it exactly it's more like you know i'm going to respect it enough to not try to like do this like traditional thing that has thousands of years behind it yeah uh i'm just going to borrow it i'm going to apply myself to it and see what happens you know so i think that that that's uh um, that's your approach and yeah all the people you mentioned i think probably had the same idea
0: well, was it beautiful my friend well andrew thank you for hanging out with me um this has been an awesome oh, conversation of of doug picking a uh, picking your career and picking into a picking your brain here <laughs> so i appreciate and i, your I time. love when it,
1: when it when it gets more kind of conceptual and kind of like process and stuff like that so uh so thank you for the great uh the great talk man all
0: right take care all right man bye bye Bye.